The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Good Sunday morning and welcome to Your Life, Your Money here with Kelvin the Money Guy. I'm Chris Creston and uh, joined as always by Kelvin the Money Guy. You can visit Kelvin's website, Ask kelvin.ca that's ask k-e-l-v-i-n.ca or you can call him anytime at 416-457-7526 that's 416-457-PLAN and you can talk to him about all of your money needs all your money worries all the things that may be keeping you up at night maybe some things that have been on the back burner you're thinking i really need to deal with this i'm going to Get on the horn, I'm going to call Kelvin the money guy, and uh, it is that time of year that we end up talking a lot about RRSPs, so it is time to talk about that, and we will make some time this hour, especially to focus on your RRSPs, whether or not you should be uh, putting a lot into that, putting a little, whether you should be rethinking RRSPs altogether. That is coming up this hour with Kelvin, the money guy. And uh, without further ado, here he is, uh, freshly just named in the top 50 advisors in Canada for the second time, Kelvin, the money guy. Hey, Kelvin, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Good morning, Chris. How, how are you keeping? Good, good. I you know, can't complain. It's uh, another Sunday morning hanging out with uh, with you and all the, our listeners here on 640 Toronto. It, that's uh, an incredible honor, and uh, I, I, I know you're, you're not going to uh, brag about <laughs> it, but I'll, uh, I'll tell you. you know, top 50 advisors in Canada, uh, for a lot of people, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You've just been named for the second time. It's not the first time that I've been able to say that uh, you've been <laughs> named in the top 50 advisors. There's over 100,000 advisors in the country. So you think about yeah. the top 50, that's it's a pretty uh, good company to be in and uh, pretty top-notch advisor that we have access to every single week here on 640 Toronto. So, uh Kelvin, congratulations. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's I, I have a team of people like Hillary and Julie and them that help me to do what we do. My job, my job, you know, Chris, like I always say, is, is to listen to people. You tell me what your money problems are, uh, what you, your thoughts and where you want to be in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And my job is to kind of navigate and get you through those kind of things, right? And we're always bombarded by all kinds of advertisements and you know, you can buy the stuff without any fee. You know, all those things. Yeah. So I kind of cut through all the all the stuff for you and make sure it's appropriate for you. And if it is, go ahead. If you have an advisor, I always say, you know, have a chat with them because it could be a real asset to you planning out your money world, not just your retirement, but between now and retirement, right? So that's what I always encourage people to do. So, yeah. And if you don't have an advisor, you can always call Kelvin, 416 416- Four five seven seven five two six. That's four one six four five seven plan. And uh, I know we're going to get to our RSPs, but it's another thing I wanted to mention. Driving along the Gardner the other day, and what what do I see? I see a familiar face on a billboard, and uh, I. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's Kelvin the money guy. And <laughs> Kelvin, l- luckily you don't owe me any money. I didn't smash into anybody, but it was uh, it was uh, pretty cool <laughs> to see you up there. There's a new feature along the drive if you're uh, heading along the Gardner. 
Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that we do, and ah, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, great to see that. So, if anyone's looking to place a name to the voice or a face to the voice, you can check that out along the gardener, and uh, or you can check him out at askkelvin.ca. But Kelvin, you know, we've been talking about RRSPs. I think it's something that a lot of people get confused about partially because uh, you listen to all the commercials that you start to hear mm-hmm. this time of year and they're saying RRSPs so fast and you say, are you a pirate? RRSPs. What, <laughs> what, what is this thing that I'm supposed to be investing my money into? Is it, and you know, for so many people, they just think, well, it's a, it's a way to save on my taxes. It's a way to get some money back when I file my taxes. So I got to make sure I max it out and you're mm-hmm. shoveling money into your RRSP. It's it, it is a sort of daunting challenge to think about what you're supposed to be doing right now, and uh, especially with the economy the way it's been, what should we be doing right now? Yeah, you know they say Canada has five seasons, right? Uh, all the weather stuff, but the RSP season, <laughs> and and you know when I started in the business thirty years ago, it was it was a a, a season we call it the RSP season, and a lot of things have changed in the last twenty five years tax bracket, uh, our age, a whole bunch of things, you know, that have changed, right? So, you know, at this time of the year, we're going to get a lot of articles encouraging you to buy an RSP. In fact, an RSP was one of the best um, tax planning strategies available to all of us, to all Canadians, right? However, you know, there's a, a increasing critics of RSPs because while you may get a tax benefit on the way in to the RSP, you have to eventually pay the tax on the way out. And it's really funny. Today, um, no, Friday, we got a call from a client that wanted to take some money out. He needed about, uh, I think, 40 grand for something to kitchen or whatever he wanted to do. So he hasn't realized that there's a withholding tax, mm. that all the money he saved when he put into the, and he's a teacher, all the money he saved, he has to pay back the tax. So I'm, I'm a lot of people don't realize that, especially when you go to riff your money. That's when all the tax problems begin become. So you have to be aware of what's going in and what's coming out. Remember when you, if, for people that don't know, when you take money out of an RSP, anything under five thousand, the government withholds ten percent. Anything between five thousand and one dollar to fifteen thousand, they withhold twenty percent, and anything over fifteen thousand, they withhold thirty percent. And then it's added on to your income. So I'm not saying for people not to buy RSPs. I'm saying to be mindful of how you buy it. You know, more and more people, Chris, say to me, um, they don't contribute to RSPs. Um, They don't think it makes any sense. And in my opinion, I always say it depends on your specific, the specific person. What's your income? You know, there's a lot of things before you make that decision. It's not a one-off answer anymore. Like it used to be, mm-hmm. you know, think about this. When you think about uh, many 30 and 40 year olds, right. You know, they, maybe they should look at, at the benefits of RSPs because you have the first time home buyers incentive, the old one, the new one and the lifelong learning program. So maybe buying the RSP today might not benefit you. Uh, it might not benefit you today, but it might in the future to, to further your education to buy a house, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's so the way that I looked at it, uh, right. Kelvin, was uh, I put a lot of money into my RSP early on in my working career so that I had some money for a down payment. And right. that was my investment 
vehicle for that. And mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're young, retirement is so far off in the future. But oh, owning you. a home is so seemingly impossible. It's uh, helpful to have anything that'll help you try to uh, gather that money and uh, and stow it away in a way that you can hopefully hopefully afford a down payment. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's certain benefits to it. There's lots of benefits, actually, not certain. There's lots of benefits to RSPs, but you have to be specific to where you are in, in your age and your income and things like that. You know, I, I think a lot of people aren't thinking forward to the future when they go to buy this RSP. You know, they're just uh, they're just looking at how much taxes they owe this year or last year, and then buy the appropriate amount to off to offset what they owe. They're they're not looking at the at the bigger picture. You know, most people buy an RSP to save taxes rather than growth. It should be growing, and then taxes second. You know, it's funny when they do these uh, surveys, they found that most people buy the RSPs when when you think. Right at the deadline. <laughs> yeah, we have 14 <laughs> months. <laughs> and you wait till March 1st, which is the deadline, by the way, to buy your RSP. So we know people are not looking into the future. They're buying the RSPs just to save taxes. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that one day I might have to pay back this tax because my income might not, my income might be the same or, or just about the same when I retire with old age and CPP and so on. So be very mindful, really think growth first and taxes second from, from what we see, mm-hmm. right? But that's um, a, sort of the flip side of what a lot of people are thinking, right? right. They're thinking, I'm going to save right. some money on my taxes. I'm going to use that to uh, you know buy a new TV or something like that. Or at this day and age, buy some groceries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going right. to use your tax return for the, maybe a, a couple of vegetables or something, but it's uh, it's that's not necess- that's not why you should have that RSP. No, in, in fact, most people don't reinvest their um, their tax savings. Mm. That's the that's the beauty behind the RSP. That's how it works great. But many of us don't do it. We go and buy the TV and that you know trips and so on. You know, for many Canadians, contributing to RSPs is more challenging today than compared to previous years. You know, prior to last year, inflation was between one and a half to two percent. Um, so when making it made your financial plan very easy. But after inflation peaked at about eight point two, I think eight point three percent in June of twenty twenty two, it's like a four decade high, mm-hmm. right? Investing in retirement is really looking more and more daunting for people. So it's very, very important that we that we figure out where we are today and what we're doing. So after the break, you know, we'll maybe we'll go on, you know, who should buy an RSP and what your thought process should be. Awesome. That's coming up. So if you're thinking about getting an RSP, you're thinking about putting more money into your RSPs and you're wondering what you should be doing with it, that now this is the show for you to be listening to. If you're on the fence, you can always visit Kelvin's website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N.ca, or you can call him at 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN. A whole lot more of your life, your money, with Kelvin the Money Guy, coming up on 640 Toronto.
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to Your Life, Your Money with Kelvin, the money guy. He is one of the top 50 financial advisors in the country and a pretty great guy. So it's a great uh, opportunity that we have to have him over our airwaves every single Sunday morning. So thank you for making us part of your Sunday morning, wherever you are, wherever you're doing. Thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, making this show part of your weekend. You can always visit Kelvin's website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N.ca. Or you can give him a call, 416-457-7526. That's 416 416- Four five seven plan, and uh, this uh, hour we're talking about RRSPs. Should you RRSP, or should you not RRSP? Should you change your strategy a little bit, uh, Kelvin? Uh, earlier on in the show, we were talking about uh, a client who was thinking about taking some money out of their RRSP to uh, do a, a home reno. I think it was a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. a, a good use? I guess I know. The age-old answer is it depends, but is that something that you would advise someone to to use your their RSP for? No, because listen, if you take thirty grand of the RSP, the withholding tax is uh, nine thousand dollars. So you get you know twenty one thousand. The twenty one thousand is added to your income, so that twenty grand might push you into the next tax bracket which could cause a problem for your income tax, a bigger problem than that. So many times things like that, maybe research different places, maybe a line of credit, things like that. I know interest rates have gone up in the last you know, six months, but it's not always like that. So he was better off to get to take his line of credit and, and rental and take the money he would have paid the withholding tax and just pay down the line of credit until rates get back to normal or maybe take the difference and stick in his mortgage or things like that. So before you take money out of RSPs, the, the, the thing is, is make sure we do the math. In fact, anything we do with money, we always have to do the math. Don't use your uh, emotions and things like that because once your emotions get involved and your feelings get involved, well, you're toast. You're not making the right decision. And that's why... People should use financial advisors because we think outside for you, you know. So these are, you know, key factors to consider when you're buying your RSP, you know, in retirement is when you retire, will you likely be in a higher tax bracket than you are today? The same tax bracket or a lower one? I don't know. Before, you know, the RSP started in 1957, right? So 60-something years ago. And the idea was to take your $1,000 and put it into an RSP and tax shelter it and let it grow until you retire. You're in a 40% tax bracket. When you retire, you're in about a 20%. But between those 60 years, the world changed, right? Inflation uh, went up. Taxes went up. A lot of things that happened to us. So so before we buy that RSP, we got to worry about it. I call... I call buying the RSPs that is a tax teeter totter. Mm-hmm. You know, will your income likely be meaningfully higher or lower in the next five to ten years? How old are you? You know, are you married? And if so, you know, how long will it likely be until both spouse, spouses have passed away or one passed away? Like, what happens? We don't we don't really think about those things, you know, Chris. 
so so that being said i do think the rsp makes sense for most people for uh, most of the time but not all the time so when does it make sense to buy an rsp that's what we have to ask ourselves right you know i was reading an article the other day it says three quarters or 74 percent of canadians agree that inflation has impacted their ability to save right mm-hmm. uh you know, nearly, I think as many as 69% are concerned about the impact of inflation will have on their RSPs. And it and it said 57% say they have less money to contribute into the RSP every month compared to years ago. So we really have to be mindful of a, a lot of things. Inflation is really our, our nemesis, you know. Um you know, think about it. If you have to pay $5,000 in income tax when you file, right? To save $1,000 in taxes, you roughly have to buy about $3,000 to save the $1,000, mm-hmm. right? So people that owe, you know, $5,000, whatever it may be, maybe think about maybe buying half of the RSP and take half of the money and put it into TFSA. Pay a little bit of the tax today and then grow a little bit of the money tax-free. So in about a couple of years, depending on how you invest the money, you'll offset, and you might be, and you might be better off. But again, you got to sit with your advisor and do the math, and make sure that that's what you want to do. You know, if we get into a situation of sustained inflation um, over the over five to seven years, like it was in the late seventies and eighties, I don't know if people remember that. Um, I hope we don't. I don't think we will. But if we do. Many of us need to update our financial plans because when we did our plans 10, 15 years ago, we didn't think about inflation. In fact, most people in their 30s and 40s don't even know what inflation is. And and inflation is, I have clients that tell me they pay more for their last car than they did for their first house. So that's really things we have to worry about. If you've been seeing lower returns over the last couple of years, um, but you're also projecting a higher, like higher expenses when you retire, you know, you're going to have quite the problem. You might outlive your money. So we really need to sit down and put pen to paper and figure out where are we today? Don't just get caught up in all this buying RSP, buying RSP, um, you know, from all the banks and so on, not to pick on banks, but, to, you know, um, be mindful, be mindful how it is, right? Um, like I was saying, you know, who shouldn't buy an RSP, right? Who do you think shouldn't buy an RSP, Chris? I, you know, I've been doing this show with you for a while, so I've got a pretty good idea. I think if you've got a really good pension, if you're, say, a teacher, you probably right. don't need to be getting into the RSP business. Right. Yeah. And many people that are listening that have really, you know, defined pensions and so on where the company contributes and you contribute. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you don't want to. Um, and now I'm generalizing. Right. So you got to sit down with your advisor and, and figure it out or give me a call. Maybe you don't want to because the RSP deduction is based on your income, on your marginal tax rate. So the combined federal and provincial tax rate is between 20 percent and 53 percent. And again, it all depends on where your where your income is, right? The average salary in Canada, what do you think it is? You gotta guess. Gotta be around fifty, sixty thousand. Yeah, it's it's a it used to, it's a little bit higher. Mm. It's about seventy two thousand. 
which is pretty good. It means that you're in about a 30 to 33% tax rate. So, so you really need to figure out what tax bracket you're in and then make that decision about buying the RSP. Because if you're going to be in the same tax bracket when you retire, well, why not pay the tax today and maybe take the money and pay down a credit card or something? I don't know. Right. right? While you're so, still working. Exactly. Yeah. So you really got to think. And think about this. The other set of people that shouldn't buy an RSP or think about twice about it is, is let's say you're 55 years old and you have, I don't know, 400 grand, 350, 400 in your RSP. Well, well, money should double every eight to 10 years, depending on how you invest it, right? And when I say that, I look back to 2016, you know, so seven, eight, six, seven years ago till now, had you invested your money in the Dow Jones, your average return would be 13%, and the S&P would be 12%, and our RTSX would be 11%. So that means you're doubling your money seven to nine years. So yeah, your money will double. So let's say you're 55, you're 65, that 400,000 is 800. You're now 71, 72 to riff your money and that money's worth almost a million bucks. Well, you got a big problem mm -hmm. because if you have a million bucks in your RSP through growth and your own contributions, you have to take 5.28% of that. So that's $52,000 you got to take. What if you're, so your old age and your CPP adds to your income. So what if you make that 80 something thousand and you have clawback of your old age and so on? So it's not easy anymore to go and buy an RSP anymore. We really have to think of the outcome, the back end, what happens. I mean, if people believe that taxes are going to come down in the future, then sure, go and load up on the RSP. But if you think it's going to stay the same or hedge up, then you better be mindful of it. That's that's pretty much what the gist of this is. So yeah, it's to look at that back end. It's what you always say uh, that you've got to live your life forward, but live your money like not life exactly. backwards. So exactly. you want to make sure that you're looking into what is this RSP going to look like when it comes time to retire. And uh, for so many of us, we're not thinking about it that way. Mm -hmm. And we don't. I mean, we look at. It's really funny, you know, how we, we if we made a 5% return on our money or a 3%, we're mm -hmm. mad, right? <laughs> but we don't look at, man, I have to pay like 30, 40% of this money back when I retire. Mm -hmm. So we look at things backwards. It's really funny. And, and, you know, our industry has to really change as well. I think we financial advisors, the older ones anyways, I think we've been doing it for so long. And most of our clients, I would say in, our, in their 50s and 60s, and I think we have to move to more of a. Uh, we know the markets are going to go up and down. That if you look, if you invested last year, you know that. Is we really have to look at what's the tax implication on my money? You know, uh, some people might want to look at decumulation rather than accumulation because maybe you got too much. Maybe you have too much in that RSP. Um, that might cause you problems down the road. Um, yes, you can income split and so on when you're 65. But but what if you what if uh, you've got like I say 800 to a million dollars, which is which you know people that save diligently when they're in their 30s have that now because of market growth and so on and so forth, right? So it could be a problem, right?
And that's all something to keep in mind and one of the reasons why you need a good financial advisor in your corner. Like, how about one of the top 50 advisors in your corner? (laughs) Uh, Named for the second time, Kelvin the Money Guy, named in the top 50 advisors in the entire country. There's over 100,000 of them out there. And you can always reach Kelvin at 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN. And uh, as the show continues, we'll be talking more about your RRSPs, about your investments, and about what you should be doing with your retirement income as your life, your money, continues here on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to Your Life, Your Money this Sunday morning here with Kelvin, the money guy. Thank you for making us part of your weekend. Visit askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N.ca. And you can give him a call on the phone at 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN. And if you're driving along the gardener, look up, way up, and you will see (laughs) Kelvin's smiling face. Uh, <laughs> smiling back at you. And uh, that is uh, where you might uh, happen to put a face to the name on his brand new billboard. He's also <laughs> been named in the top 50 advisors in the country. And uh, you can always check out his smiling face. Well, we're on the topic of his smiling face at askkelvin.ca. <laughs> Kelvin, you know, we've been talking about RSPs. We've been talking about your investments. Now, with inflation, so much is sort of changed the way that our mindsets go. And with interest rates going up for you know, the first time in my memory mm-hmm, um, yeah. to, to these levels, it's in the past we've talked about GICs and maybe that GICs are not necessarily the right place to park your money because the, you know, the interest rate you're getting is going to be less in often, most cases than uh, than in inflation. So you're mm-hmm. kind of losing your money in a GIC. Mm-hmm. Has that changed given the current inflationary period that we're in? Well, if, if you look at your life uh, from, say, probably um, the summertime till now, a GIC is probably a great idea, right? But if your life goes beyond next year, then may, maybe maybe not. Remember what a GIC is. You give the bank your money, and they guarantee a certain rate, 1% or 2%, and then they lend you back your own money hmm. as a mortgage at probably 4%. So they pay you 2 and they charge you 4 <laughs> Didn't you wish you were a bank? <laughs> And how do, that's how do the, I get into that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> so, so, you know, history tells us what goes up must come down, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the balloon that we saw. The <laughs> yeah, <other day>. yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, as, you know, as they say, but the critical question is when? Mm-hmm. When does it come down? We don't know. So if inflation starts moderating itself in a meaningful way and come back down to 2% target, you know, next year, you know, a 5% yield on a GIC will well be worth it because mm-hmm. inflation is two, you're making five, you're up three, you're living, you're living well, right? But if inflation were to follow the previous years prior to now, remember this is the very first time ever the bank raised rates eight times, mm-hmm. right? 
It never happened before. But if we go back to the previous years, investors would need to would need to do more to build and preserve their nest eggs because inflation will rear its head again and your five percent will go away. But you know, if you're a, if you're growth oriented with a 10 year plus you know years before retirement, um, then I don't know. I would say this is a good opportunity to buy into the equity markets as they tend to perform better than the GICs or bonds over time. Remember when interest rates go up, bonds go down. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of those little things. So this is a temporary, in my opinion, anyways, it's a temporary GIC three, four, five percent. It's gonna you're gonna regret it, I think, in a couple of years. And the problem with the GICs to get the four and five, you have to lock the money away for five years. Right. So you well, could in the be next, locked exactly. in a way and things could change drastically. Yeah. That's what typically have. I remember when I got into the business back in the late 80s and 90s, they called the mutual fund business exploded because from the GIC refugees is what they what I remember <laughs> that name. Because what happened in the 80s was, you know, mortgage rates were like, uh, you know, 20% or 18 to 20%. So a GIC, of course, is going to pay you 13, 14% because it's your money they're lending back to you, right? right. And they're paying you 14%. So doubling your money was easy. It was five, six years without any risk. But then things slowed down in the in the world. You know, we got more global and so on. So interest rates started to fall back down. So getting that GIC 10%, well, it's not happening anymore. So you really have to think about that before you make that decision. Don't let your short-term you know, issues take away from your long-term plans. That's what you have to to worry about. And remember, we're living longer. Mm-hmm. The average guy, the average man, I think, lives to like 84, 85 or something. And average woman's like 80, 87, 88. So if you're 60 years old today or 65 years old today and you're retired and you're thinking, man, I can't put up with last year with negative return on my money um, or, you know, below 5%. I'm going to lock into the GIC because at least I got a 5% yield. Well, that's very short-lived and very short-term thinking because I'm going to live till till I'm like 80. So what's going to happen? I'm going to run out of money before I run out of time. So you have to be mindful. Nothing, you know, everything has changed in the world. And we as advisors, some have changed and some haven't changed. Some are still in the old-fashioned way that we did things and some are in the new way, blending the old with the new. Some clients are stuck in the... Or some people, not clients, I would say some people are stuck in the old ways of, oh, I got to buy a GAC because there's no risk. Well, that's a big risk, huge risk, because you have no ability to make money when the markets go up because your hands are tied. And that's why the banks, and not to pick up bank, Make a billion dollars every month or so because they're taking your money and making money and taking a little bit of risk and they're reaping the benefits. So turn the tides on how you do things for the long term. The short term, sure, do whatever you wish. But when it comes to 5, 10, 15 years of your life down the road, really sit down and put some pen to paper and have a plan for yourself, you know, and set some goals. But more importantly, you have to strategize what's going to happen how am i going to do it what i'm hearing too is that you have to be flexible right so that you're able to pivot to take advantage of a changing marketplace so that Mm -hmm. uh you're not you know victim to the you know people are so worried about cost they're not thinking about the opportunity cost of doing nothing and not being able to 
make a course adjustment, not being able to capitalize on a changing market. Yeah. So, I mean, you really have to to be strategic. Like we were saying before, who shouldn't buy an RSP? Well, what's your, what if you're both teachers or firemen or police officer or whatever? Well, may, maybe you don't want to buy the RSP. Maybe you want to buy, maybe you want to take your money and put in a TFSA. Or maybe if you have a big bunch of RSP, maybe start decumulating. Start withdrawing it now. Withdraw the 5000 pay the $500 in withholding tax. Take the 4500 and invest it in a TFSA and make back the five you paid. And now, over the years, well, you, you're looking good on a tax perspective, right? So we as advisors are going to be more tax planners with accountants mm -hmm. than just letting the markets go up and down and being portfolio advisors and thinking we know how to, how to pick stocks and so on. I think that's the big challenge for people and for advisors on a go-forward basis. To look at things in a holistic manner, not just stocks mm -hmm. and bonds and buying and selling and looking at what that actually means for your client and looking at what that actually means when it comes time to A, pay your taxes and B, what you're going to be taxed on at the back end of this entire right. process. That's exactly it. You know, your tax bracket, you need to really look at it. I always stress the importance of knowing what your marginal tax bracket is when it comes to RSP planning. The higher the bracket, the bigger the break. The lower the bracket, the, the less the, the break, right? So maybe after the break, we'll you know finish up maybe talking about the pros, some pros and cons about RSPs again. Awesome. Talking about should I RRSP or should I not RRSP? Should you RRSP or should you <laughs> not RRSP? That's all happening on your life, your money. Don't forget to visit Kelvin's website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask K-E-L-V-I-N dot C-A. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And good Sunday morning to everyone out there. Thank you for making us part of yours. This is Your Life, Your Money with Kelvin the Money Guy. I'm Chris Creston. You can visit Kelvin's website at askkelvin.ca. That's ask K E L V I N.ca. Or you can give him a call at 416 457 7526. That's 416 457 plan. Who is Kelvin the Money Guy? He is one of the top 50 advisors in the country and just a generally a great guy. And we've been talking this hour about RRSPs and uh, we, you know, almost forgot to talk about the Super Bowl, which is happening <laughs> later on today. Uh, worth uh, mentioning, and uh, I know something that's probably on a lot of people's mind. Uh, some people may be able to make some money if they play some bets. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah. On uh, uh, some some weird side bets are always an interesting way to do it because it, it could be anyone's game. So it'd be hard I to uh, hard to put a uh, a guaranteed bet on this one. Yeah, no, I hear it. I'm, I think the point is like one. Wow. So that's yeah. a should be worth watching then. I would think so. As long as it's a good game, you know. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it is. I I always say that, you know, the Grey Cup game, I don't know if anybody knows mm -hmm. what that is. Or watches <laughs> that. But that game is always, I, in my opinion, a better game than the Super Bowl, to yeah. be honest with you. No, so. it's true. It's true. And uh, uh, for me as a Patriots fan, I was lulled into <laughs> the false sense of security for years. Like yeah. someone who is used to low interest rates, I was also used <laughs> to Tom Brady and the uh, Patriots being in the Super Bowl every few years. Uh, yeah. So now I, I have to watch teams I don't like 
compete against <laughs> each other and then got to get used to that. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> but back to RRSPs and what you should be doing with yours. You know, I think we've got time to go over some pros and cons. What you know, we we've got so many things in mind when it comes to our investments and uh, changing marketplace, changing interest rates. What are the pros and cons of getting your money and adding into your RRSPs at this time of year? You know, a long time ago, there was more pros to doing RSPs, eh? And I think what has happened is when I see people from the shows and stuff that come to see me, the average age is about 57 to 60. And those people are more in the in the wealth, the accumulation and the accumulation. So there's many things we have to do for them. In fact, lots of questions I get now is about my taxes, how am I going to, what's going to happen to my RSP? And there's a big fallacy out there, like the client I spoke about this early in the show, had no idea that there was a withholding tax on the RSP. Many people that are riffing their money or going to have no idea that they got to pay back taxes. It's really bizarre. And I think we don't make, I don't think we as an industry, you know, send that message out. I think we send the message out. Yeah, you should buy the RSP, but we don't look at the backwards part of it. Is is uh, maybe you should kind of buy an RSP and a TFSA alongside. Remember, we never had the TFSA till two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. and it's a very misused thing. The TFSA is a true tax saver. In fact, some people, like I said, might want to deregister some RSPs, pay the withholding tax. And put it in your TFSA and compound that thing as a ta- as a real tax free in and out as you go. The TFSA is an upside down RSP. So pros and cons of RSPs, I think that depends on you. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a one answer that fits all of us anymore. You know, it's just as important to be aware of situations where an RSP may not make sense as knowing when it does make sense. So you really have to think about it. It's not cut and dry anymore. It's one of those things where we need to see. I mean, most accountants and people will say, yeah, go buy an RSP, RSP. But I don't think we, like I say, I don't think we think about the coming out, you know, and 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 the market concerns. People are worried about the stock markets going up and down, up and down. I mean, last year, yes, we were. But like I said early in the show, had you invested your money from 2016, 2017 up till uh, today, your average return in all indices are about ten percent, so you're you're you know that part of it shouldn't worry you too much, as long as you have a nice mixture and a nice balance, you know, in your portfolio. And I think most people should have like a third Canada, a third U.S., a third global. So no matter what happens in the world, you're 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 in, you're in a good place. You're in a balanced place, right? Do you think people those- should be you know you're t- taking a look at your RSP and you you. For so many of us, the tax savings that you're going to get immediately are what's Mm -hmm. in mind. Should we be using that and funneling that into a TFSA to sort of get the best of both worlds? Yes. If you if you did that, if you reinvested your um, your return that you get, and in a TFSA, I'm telling you, you're living in the ideal world Mm -hmm. where an RSP might will probably make sense for you. But I don't think too many of us do that. Too too many people. I've already, not yet, because we wait probably till the end of February <laughs> to decide, you know, how much re- refund we're going to get back. And of course, I'm going to buy that big TV mm-hmm. because I'm going to use the, my refund to do it, right? Or computer or phone or whatever we do. 
the true the true meaning of the RSP is really to take the tax savings and reinvest it somewhere, like in the markets, in your own, you know, in a T well, not a TFSA before two thousand nine, but put it back into your RSP for next year mm-hmm. or invest it. And I think that's the true sense. You know, it's funny with the tax season just around the corner, countless Canadians are, ga- are going to be gathering like like Groundhog Day, I guess, mm-hmm. for the annual rush to buy RSPs just around the deadline. So tax planning, I always say tax planning, people do it in April or around now when they plan out how much should they have to pay. Tax planning should be done throughout the year. In fact, we should be doing tax planning for 2023, not for 2022. So we should use what we did last year to help us this year. The the, the limit, the RSP contribution limit is $30,780. That's the, the limit this year, right? And it's always, you know, it's based on 18% of your last year's income minus pension adjustments and things like that. But if you don't know what your room is, go and look in the... um. Um, in your assessment, it'll tell you people that maximize their RSP, that their RSPs, people that maximize their um, their TFSAs, and maybe have some extra money. You know, you might want to maybe put an extra two thousand on top of your limit in the RSP because you're allowed to go over by two thousand without any any problems. So, so I guess Chris, what I'm trying to say is, there's many things that we need to think about you know, before buying the RSP and after buying the RSP, you know, people that have a spouse that don't, that, um, that, uh, that don't work or maybe have a less income, no matter who the spouse is, maybe want to buy a spousal RSP. Right. So, you know, so it's, it's a lot of little things. I mean, these shows that we do, we try, I try and touch on, on various things, various topics and generalize. We generalize quite a bit because there's no one fit answer. The one takeaway I would say for people is remember when you buy that RSP, think of growth first and taxes second. Because what if it doesn't grow? What if that thousand bucks doesn't grow? Then what happens? Mm-hmm. Well, now you're you save some <laughs> money on your taxes, and it, <laughs> yeah. in the long run, it's not helping you yeah. out at all. Yeah, maybe pay down the mortgage. I don't know, but you have to. It's an individual thing that you have to do now it's like i said before not cut and dry so people thinking about their rsps call us to the advisor you know make an intelligent decision and that's why it's so important to have a financial advisor to help you make an objective intelligent decision and why not have one of the top 50 advisors in the country in your corner that's kelvin the money guy visit his website ask k-e-l-v-i-n.ca that's ask kelvin .ca. Call him at 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN. Thanks again, Kelvin, and enjoy the big game. Yes, thank you. You as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you a lot, Kelvin, and thank you so much for making us part of your Sunday. Stay tuned to 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.